when problems came up, we just figured them out at the time versus being too scared to, to kind of grow fast. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're welcoming to the show David Gaylord. David is the CEO of Bush Balm Skincare, the leader in bikini line skincare products. Welcome to the show, David. Yeah. Nice to uh, be here. Super excited. Awesome. So let's just dive in a little bit more at the top here about the actual products. Just let people know what what you know what are these uh, bikini line skincare products. What are you guys actually selling? Yeah. So we we started originally as products that you would deem to freshen up uh, down there, um, and that quickly turned into uh, what people seemingly cared about. So that was ingrown hairs, razor burn, and post waxing. Um, so right now we have a, a full suite of products that are solely focused on uh, those concerns, um, and we we see them as um, probably concerns that the rest of the industry sees as too small, um, but we actually see them as massive uh, areas to focus on. And we always uh, call it uh, kind of these macro niches where people see them as super niche and small, like razor burn sounds small. Um, but when you pull back the covers, it's actually like, I think it's 85% of women uh, shave their pubic region on a regular basis. So it's actually a huge, huge market that... Uh, a lot of companies don't uh, go after because it's a bit, bit taboo. Absolutely. So take me back in time. Where did you kind of stumble across this idea? Yeah. So it was actually my business partner and his wife, Tim and Mel. So they were on their honeymoon and uh, Tim used his beard oil to freshen up and uh, Mel just like loved his beard oil. And it just led to this conversation that's probably too much info for most, most podcasts. But they uh, talked on their honeymoon the whole time about this concept. Like, why isn't there skincare for down there? Why isn't there um, anything for men to rival kind of baby powder? Like all, all these different concepts. And, and they actually came up with the name um, on the honeymoon. And uh, they said it was just this thing they couldn't stop talking about. Um, and then uh, I worked with Tim at Shopify. So we were there together about six, uh, six or seven years. And he brought the idea back to a, a work event and... Everyone else thought it was hilarious and funny, and this was 2016. So the the business was far ahead of um, kind of the norms in society. And I thought this is awesome. And my my background was uh, marketing. Uh, I went to university for, but while I was at Shopify, I was in much more of a corporate role. So I didn't actually have a chance to do marketing. Um, so this was my chance to to really step in and do a lot of marketing and learn Facebook ads and anything digital. Uh, Tim did a lot of the supply chain kind of operations. And then Mel was a graphic designer. So she really formulated the, the brand in the early days. Awesome. So tell me, t- walk me through it. How did you guys go from this idea to an actual product? Yeah. So we, we took a simple approach. The, the brand's actually called Bush Balm. And if you think about a balm as a product, that was what we, really, we originally wanted to do. But uh, balms are actually much more difficult uh, as far as testing, stability, everything you have to go through. Whereas we, we started with oils and oils at the time, it was a lot easier to get smaller quantities, uh, smaller runs. So we, we actually found a manufacturer and went, went that route to start. Um, and it was actually quite straightforward to start. Um, whereas if we went with a different type of product, it would be really complex. 
And we started, yeah, with a tiny assortment of products and we had a free Shopify store because we worked there. So in the early days, it was low, low risk. Uh, and we were really doing it first three years um, just to see if there was a market for the product. Um, and it, it really did take us about two to three years to actually find a product market fit. Awesome. Can you talk a bit about that? How did you validate this kind of idea? How did you stumble onto product market fit? Yeah, I think the best thing you can ever do is talk to people. So we actually did an Etsy uh, like in-person event. Um, and people were there and they had their, their little booth and their products. And we actually used it to test the, the language. So uh, like people didn't want uh, what we called bush oil at the time. <laughs> and then when you moved to like uh, pubic uh, hair oil, people didn't want that either. And then when you moved it down to uh, like bikini line skincare, people actually understood it and thought it was cool. Uh, whereas if you use the other words and razor burn doesn't sound cool, but bikini line skincare is, is pretty aspirational. Um, so that language is is what we uh, moved like the website kind of everything to, and it it really did hit. And so you said that you were building this while still working at Shopify. When did it feel like it was okay to to dive in full time? Um, it, it took a long time to be honest. So we we had pretty good gigs at Shopify. We loved it there. It was kind of having a lot of fun. And the um, the big piece with the business, we actually hired a, a full time employee before we quit our jobs. Um, so we had one staff um, at one point, and um, to be honest, we had, we actually got to about two million dollars in revenue before we hired anyone or quit our jobs. So we ran it as like a straight side business. Um, we were I was putting in tons of um, work on the side just because I loved the Facebook ad side of it, the marketing side. Um, but at the same time, we were kind of scrambling to to make it work. And then uh, we got to about four or five employees before I quit. Um, so I quit kind of mid middle of the pandemic, uh, just because the business at that point was was doing really really well, um, and it's been awesome since. And the the experience I had at Shopify was unbelievably helpful, just to be able to understand like what how does a big big company run, um, how do you organize your teams, your structures, all of those things, um, and then yeah, kind of get the fun aspects of a a smaller uh, business. Absolutely. Now I feel uh, special that I'm talking to the actual person that was running the Facebook ads trying to break this brand online. So what can you uh, share with the audience about uh, how you kind of made that work? It's, it's definitely a tough thing to do, especially uh, doing it so recently where you know it's not as easy to run a pre- profitable paid ad campaign these days. Yeah. So it's, we, we started running Facebook ads in about 2017, I would say. Um, so if you go back to the period of 2017 to 2021, probably, it, it was fairly easy, actually. Um, pretty straightforward. We ran a lot of creative testing and we, we actually found someone who was uh, at a brand that was doing probably about $20 million in revenue at the time. And he was running Facebook ads for them. And he was a full-time employee there. Um, so this was a, an extra side hustle for him to work with us. And he helped us scale a lot. Um, and we ran so many different variations of testing and he was kind of optimizing the account at all times. And then we actually brought him on full time. Um, and how I would describe it now is we, we still do so much on the Facebook front and uh, TikTok. And now it's really a content engine. And for us, we're pumping out like unbelievable amounts of creative, but also unbelievable amounts of influencer content that we're whitelisting kind of all the time. And if this system breaks down in any way, like we know, and we're, we're kind of flagged early and, 
we, we kind of can't stop the cycle of getting new content because we just know things run out quicker than ever. Um, whereas back in the day, you could run something maybe a month and, and it, you'd get great results. Whereas uh, now we've, we've built everything internally um, to build this system that, that kind of runs all of our paid media uh, versus uh, Bushbomb. Yeah, we, we almost have no part of our marketing team that's outsourced. Absolutely. Can you take me back in time though to when you are you're getting that product market fit? When did you guys start to lean a little more heavily into paid? And then can you share anything about kind of like what budgets looked like back then, trying to get to that next level? Yeah. Um, well, budget the budgets changed at every point in time. So when we first started, it was hey, twenty bucks a day running. You know, every time I'd say, oh wow, this is working well, and. <laughs> We, we started to do pretty interesting creative. And then we, I don't know if others were late to the game or if we were just early, but for since day one running Facebook ads, we also made landing pages. So we've had landing pages running since 2017 and they've kind of iterated forever. Um, but yeah, we, we basically went from 20 bucks a day and it got a return to 30 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Um, I, I remember being up to, I don't know, two or $3,000 a day easily and still working at Shopify full time. My personal credit card uh, limit got, I think it's up to $60,000 or $100,000 now somehow. And then we got a business account. Um, but yeah, we, we ran it up and like easily getting up into the kind of 15, dollars $15,000 range um, a day on paid media. Um, and kind of if, if you have a lot of data like us and a, a good email marketing system throughout it, it really helps. Um, but starting out today is, uh, I couldn't imagine how much more difficult it would be uh, than than when we when we started, and we were probably late to the game as well. Hey there, merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. Hey there, merchants. Are you struggling to get your Merchant Center ads approved but keep running into a price mismatching error? Wondering how your competitors are showing reviews, price, delivery, and product availability directly in search results? What if there was a way to get your ads approved for the first time and get more traffic without fighting for rankings? That's where JSONLD for SEO comes in. It's an app that helps you get more organic traffic to your Shopify store, qualifying you for over a dozen search enhancements and provides all the structured data you need for Merchant Center. JSON LD for SEO automatically adds the structured data needed and it's updated regularly as the rules change by Google. It's a hands-off SEO app that you don't need to monkey around with to get working. It's the safest, easiest, and most effective way to stand out from your competitors in search results. Contact us to get your free structured data audit for your store. Find JSON LD for SEO in the Shopify App Store to get started. 
That's J-S-O-N-L-D for S-E-O or go to J-S-O-N-L-D dot A-P-P, J-S-O-N-L-D dot app. Now, is there anything I didn't ask you about uh, kind of in that scaling phase that you think would resonate with our audience? Um, yeah, I think like the scaling phase is just incredibly difficult of, of breaking down barriers. So for us at one point, like I was doing the, the paid ads and I was also the shipping person. So all of a sudden, the more I sold, the more I had to ship. Um, and then we found a 3PL and all of a sudden we unlocked all kinds of scale. Um, same thing happened, customer service, we scaled a lot. It became kind of unmanageable. We hired someone, it, it kind of changed the game and made it so we could keep scaling. So yeah, I, I find in the early days, people are thinking about what problems are going to happen. Whereas we, we actually just didn't care. And we just like ran the business. And whenever a problem happened, we would go, oh, wow, we got to figure out this new problem. Versus it's super easy to say, oh, what would we ever do if we ever had 50 tickets? Like, would we be able to like hire someone and you can talk all about it? Versus just like, if you ever get there, worry about it then. Um, so yeah, we, we were just guns a-blazing, having fun. And when problems came up, we just figured them out at the time versus being too scared to, to kind of grow fast. Absolutely. Now, you guys have started expanding into uh, a new channel, uh, getting into like physical locations. When did, when did that become a, you know, something that you guys wanted to invest your time and energy in? Yeah, it would have been right in the middle of the pandemic. We, we saw a lot of traction with waxing salons. They love Bush Bomb. We have like, honestly, that we have way better product market fit there than anywhere. Um, so that that channel for us naturally just grew and they were reaching out to us. So um, in the middle of the pandemic, the world was saying how uh, e-commerce was the best. And like investors we talked to would say, oh, why are you focusing on retail? That seems like a waste of your time. Um, and what, what we were thinking was we should probably diversify a little bit. Um, so we added Amazon to the mix uh, at that time. And then we also started to focus a little bit on waxing salons as well as reaching out to major retailers. Um, so for us at the time, we saw it as this way to kind of expand um, and then also uh, a way to kind of hedge our bets. So if one channel kind of goes down and up, we have opportunity to kind of make it up on a different channel. Um, and yeah, and in 2023, people, the new narrative is e-commerce isn't as big as it, it was. Like it, it's never going to be the same. So everyone we talk to now values our retail revenue and our waxing salon revenue more than our D2C revenue. Um, but I think it's all about your strategy and where you go. Um, but yeah, we, we've got a pretty... I think less than 50% of our business now is direct-to-consumer. And how long did that shift take? You said it was, it, it was 100% before the pandemic and now it's got to 50-50? Yeah, it was probably like... Uh, 95% two years ago. Last year, it was probably 75%. And this year now, it's like 50%. And now, and that's not cannibalizing anything from your other market shares? No, no. Yeah. We're, we're seeing sales kind of uh, increase kind of across the board, which is awesome. Just they're increasing uh, at rates way beyond um, what e-commerce is growing at for us. So like our waxing salon business is growing at something like 300% a year. Um, so it's a, a lot different. And then retail went from zero to... A pretty big number uh, in a matter of kind of three months. Absolutely, David. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. Now, if someone's listening to this and they're actually like interested, curious about the product, where should they go to check it out? Yeah, I guess it depends where you are. Um, so for for us, the one thing that's kind of beautiful about being in waxing salons is 
Um, waxing salons are in every city, every town, and every small town. Like there's a waxing salon all over the U.S. So we're in Alta Beauty now, which is uh, we're in about a thousand stores nationwide, and those stores are generally in larger city centers. Um, so if you go on our website, you can buy there, of course. But also, if you want to buy local and kind of support a local business, um, we're sold in uh, over 2,000 waxing salons across the country, and uh, it's actually shocking if you put in your address. I, I bet there's probably one that's within kind of 10, 10, 15 miles, uh, no doubt. Awesome. David, thank you so much. Right on. Thank you. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.